Welcome to the Excellence in Industry podcast hosted by Caprock Partners, where we discuss all things industrial real estate. All right, we're back with Will Strong and Mike H. Hanel of Cushman & Wakefield, uh, talking a little bit about capital markets part two uh, to follow up on our conversation. And last time we ended on kind of the new entrance to the industrial market here in Phoenix and who's buying uh, a lot of mention of re-entering the market again. Uh, BlackRock, uh, KKR, who's been hot for, what, 18, 24 months mm-hmm. in this market mm-hmm. with some of their uh, funds. We've also seen a lot of high net worth groups. We've seen a lot of life insurance, life co-companies uh, in the market. Uh, again, kind of going back, they're looking for yield. They're chasing yield out of markets like Southern California, where they may be able to pick up 50, 75, even 100 bips on yield uh, and cap rates. But I guess, do they stay in? Do they stay in in 2021 uh, or do they allocate and fill that allocation threshold and then it gets back to the, you know, the typical players? Great question, Nicholas. That, that somebody smarter than me has to answer that one. We got to get Jason <laughs> Tolliver on your podcast here. Um, it feels like right now from where I sit and where we sit, it, it, it isn't, there doesn't seem to be an end in sight now. Having said that, a lot of our developer clients and owner clients, they want to sell immediately, right? Whether there's an election or the end of the year is coming up, groups that are poised to monetize their assets are calling us and saying, get this on the market now because they're seeing what's happening with how aggressive it is. And so that maybe tends to lend itself to the thought that it could slow down, right? If, if groups are wanting to sell assets now and monetize, even even a couple projects that are have that vacancy, we're going to roll out soon. So not waiting uh, to lease. So there is a little bit of that taking place. But um, you know, Nicholas, I think you know Phoenix is in a great spot from a population growth perspective. But 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 maybe investment in Las Vegas continues. Denver. Um, we hear people ask us about Boise. Um, Reno clearly comes up. I mean, these are all markets you guys are very successful in. Um, Albuquerque, even you know, and so. Do, does it spill over at some point? Right? Who asked about Albuquerque? Well, <laughs> all I know is there's a, a balloon festival there. Um, the reason why Albuquerque came up was the EJM portfolio. Yeah, let's talk a, about that. Has a building. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we 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 we've heard that's you know that's moving forward with the buyer. Yeah. So EJM portfolio. Um, I know you guys didn't represent that, but uh, it's been something that I think a lot of people have watched for three four years. Uh, and part of it came out. Um, but there was, what, about a million square feet here in Phoenix uh, that's going to trade hands. Um, and it was pretty good product. I mean, I know that we looked at it, um, and there was some hair on the deal as a whole. But uh, when you talk about that, when you talk about some of these other deals that you've brought out and that you have out right now, they're fairly large portfolios. And I think the buyer who's looking at a $10 million um, price uh then the next threshold was kind of that 30 to 40 million, which you didn't see a lot of. But now you're talking about some of these deals, one that you guys have out that, you know, I'd love for you guys to talk about briefly. Uh, that's going to be, you know, $90, $100 million deal. Uh, and like we talked about, those come out what, once a cycle. I think, yeah. So, I, you know, we, on this, the, the deal you're referring to is the Lotus Project in Chandler. Um, and, and one thing that we kind of looked at when how to present that, you know, to the market is we, we ran a study. Um, of buildings above business parks, industrial parks above 800,000 feet. We found that there's only three. One of them being Broadway 101, which you guys work on. Um, and then 
the next kind of rung was roughly kind of 500,000 feet to 800,000 feet, and there's only four. Mm. Um, and so I think it's less about the dollar amount and more about size and scale in Phoenix, right? It's very hard to compete and buy buildings. These investment teams are coming in second place, third place after a lot of time and effort. And so what's happening is a lot of these investors are saying, look, we're short on time and it's very competitive. Why don't we stretch on pricing? And if we can buy a Lotus project, it's, it's four buildings, almost 500,000 feet. You know, wh why not go all in on this, right? Because yeah. it's like doing four deals. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And uh, I think for some of these large groups that have large amounts of money to allocate, uh, even Caprock with our new fund, uh, the lure to place that capital quicker um, in a project uh, definitely has some benefits. Hey, Willie, how many buyers will look at Lotus? Good question. You say? Yeah. I, think, I mean, realistically. Yeah, if I had to guess, I'd say we'll get, there's going to be a lot of looky-loos. Mm -hmm. So I bet those we'll get. Those are CAs. Yeah, those are exactly yeah. 200 signed CAs, I'm sure. Real legitimate buyers. I think, you know, we'll be in the, I bet we'll have 35 to 40 that really take a hard look at it. And then I suspect we get, you know, 15 offers. You know, I really do. And, 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 and how many of those are serious? Is anyone's guess. Got it. Which is interesting because if you go 12, 15 months back, what was that number that we're looking at projects? Like seriously looking, legit offers. I, 10 I, to 15? Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, legit. Yeah, I think, I think the number, I think the, the CAs, you know, uh, a year, two years ago, if we had 100, yeah. that was a lot, right? If you got to, you know, triple digits on confidentiality agreements, we, we sure felt like it was great activity. Um, now that's starting to kind of become standard, you know, yeah. but, but yeah, offers, I, I think it would have been closer to maybe 10, you know, 10 offers, real offers. And, and, you know, uh, the, the ones that can actually perform and, and play on something like that, you know, that, that, that's another story too. That's a good point. Cause you know, Broadway 101, which is sold three or four times, I think it was four to five and then maybe seven to 10 right, right. in that, uh, in that range. Right. Well, if, if Broadway 101 went out, would it be the same buyer pool? Did you bring a listing agreement? Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. There's a BOV right oh, in front yeah, of me right now. Oh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, yeah. 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 we're actually going to do a presentation right now. Yeah. But is, is that it Amway or is it a BOV? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. When e-commerce starts, we'll be back to Amway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that the same buyer pool, though, if Broadway 101 comes? I think so. Okay. I think so. Yeah, I think, I think that, 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 that the strategy on something like that, and, and, and really the investment thesis, I should say, is... Who wants to have a flag in Phoenix, right? Scale and size. And if you're buying an 800,000 square foot or 900,000 square foot functional park in a great location, I mean, those, those really do sell once every cycle, it seems like, yeah. you know, maybe, you know, but, but it's a, so, you know, why not go all in on it, right? And, and again, Broadway, how many buildings is Broadway 101? 11. So you could chase 11 small yeah. deals or, yeah. or you can go all in and, 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 and buy that deal. So to that point, when you look at that, call it eight to twelve million dollar price tag, is there still a market for that? Because that's a, what a lot of the market is, right? Even if cap rates have compressed, even if you know per square foot has gone up, it's still kind of that maybe eight to fifteen million. And obviously, we just did a great deal with you guys, which we mentioned on the last uh, segment um, at Fifty First Street. But you know, is there still a competitive market for that? 
That's a that's a good question. One trend that I'm seeing is hiring of younger acquisition professionals to really chase down everything. And so, you know, maybe there's a, a, a medium to senior level investment professional that runs the portfolio acquisitions and chasing um, the larger deals that we're talking about. And then we're seeing younger uh, professionals that are maybe fresh out of an analyst pool or, um, you know, group, they're, they're uh, well, kind of younger, you know, younger in their careers. And, and a big part of their job is to quickly underwrite those smaller deals. Now, this is more at an institutional or regional capital level. Now, there are the trade buyers that are still there, and they're showing up big time. Um, you know, California trade buyers are calling us all the time, you know, and, and lots of, you know, AOL.com emails, you know, or Cox.com emails, you know, people that yeah. are, you know, you know, wealthy individuals that are, you know, emailing us from their house. So we're seeing, we're seeing those. So that has not stopped, and that has just continued right on. How has the uh, 1031 market been? Here in Phoenix, it's 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 the same. To be honest with you, it's the same strategy. If you can buy something in Phoenix, um, you know, if you're uh, if you own a small 15 unit apartment complex in Los Angeles and you can sell it for, I'm going to make this up, a three and a half cap, and then trade into. I think a, it's lower, but or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, scary, but yes. yeah, um, but but and, and then trade into a anything in the fours in Phoenix. You know, it, it, it's compelling. You yeah. know, so that's that's true. I think I'd love for Will, since Will's doing all the talking, and it is, it is great <laughs> listening to you, Will. I'd love for Will to share with the audience um, what you're doing and your team's doing on helping developers find equity, because that's a new trend. Yep. And, and I think that'd be interesting for, for you, Nicholas, and the audience on, on how that's shaping up, because there's obviously a lot of development activity in Phoenix because of the leasing. And if you could share with that and how it you know, it relates to your capital market business. And we, yeah. yeah, you've talked about this a little bit with us, and I think it's, is this, you're working on your third? Yep, that's yeah. right, that's right, for, 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 for third, yeah, third as of kind of late. So there's a couple things that are happening. One, there's new entrants into the operator developer space, right? Not that we don't love Caprock, who's a distant favorite of ours, um, but um, there, there are, there are uh, new entrants that are somewhat startups all the way to, uh, developers of other types of real estate that are going to now do industrial as well. Right. And so that's one reason to need capital, right. Is maybe, you know, maybe you're, you're not as familiar with who the typical industrial capital partners are, um, or you want to take, that's one reason. The second thing is you want to take advantage of how much capital there's out there. Right. So maybe you're a cap rock and you have a mature stable of capital, but the world's changed and so what we're seeing is our, a lot of our developer clients, operators, they'd like us to go out to the capital markets and have conversations and, 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 and have more of a broader, um, more of a broader net and, and, and really bring in additional uh, relationships just to maybe see what else is out there. Um, and we can't blame them, obviously, right? And, and oftentimes it, it helps kind of uh, helps them find more compelling, um, more compelling partners. So that's another reason we're seeing it happen too. And and just real quick, it's very aggressive out there. And and from the agency business, all the leasing brokers were getting the calls and we're talking to the equity partners, which is unusual. It yeah. was always the developer would call us. Yeah. We'd talk about the market, talk about rent, all the all the uh, pro forma information, but now we're talking directly, you know, to the equity. Well source, and I imagine that this is a natural progression when you have these investors 
institutional level groups that are calling you will to buy deals. Maybe they miss out, maybe the bridesmaid, they want to get into the market and you've got this opportunity with an operator uh, to, to link them together to do that. And, and well, and it, it's the, the, you mentioned progression. I mean, that's that's the way our business is going. If if, if you're um, in operating in today's world, right, the, the 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 different components we're discussing all really flow together, right? Whether it's equity, I know you just had a call with our big debt team that we're bringing in a yeah. lot. So um, whether it's representing tenants, landlords, developers, selling land, I'm talking to capital. Mike and his team are talking to debt. I mean, it really all works together. Um, and, and I think that's how we need to be. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's everybody rowing the boat in the same direction. That was not the case for the last really 25 years. Right, right. It was, you know, silos and the developer would handle it. You'd get the call from the developer. Now we're talking to the, you know, the money. Right. Which is great. So last question, I won't ask which inning we're in because we've done that for, I think, the last five years. But <laughs> when you really look at it, how much more can cap rates compress on the capital market side and, you know, H... How much more runway do we have? Because, you know, everything's pointing upwards. Yeah, I mean, from the leasing perspective, and we touched on it earlier, it, it's the e-commerce world. And I truly believe that I can't imagine why it would slow down over the next probably three years. I would say at, le- at a minimum 36 months because that's kind of the, that's where the country's going. So... I, I, I see a huge, you know, absorption keeps, you know, we, we're going to do 10 to 12 million this year. I, I think we'll do significantly more next year just based on the tenants out there chasing space and the overall economy from the e-commerce uh, trend perspective. And as long as that keeps up, I think it's going to continue pushing investments uh, in the market. And, and, and as we've talked about on previous episodes here, you know, the, the, the question is the delta between primary markets and secondary markets. How often or how, how long until Phoenix is really considered a primary market? Is it when you have a base of 500 million feet, right? You know, and so if that's true, then you need, you need 10 years or so until that happens. Um, but I don't, yeah, I, I think, you know, I think there's, there's got to be, uh, there's got to be some sort of, of, of floor, I guess, um, or ceiling. Um, and so I, I, you know, sure, sure doesn't feel like there's any end in sight, though. Yeah. Well, guys, I appreciate it as always uh, coming on. And Thank you. Sharing knowledge. Thank you. So thanks, Will, for uh, talking and H for supporting. Us. Mike's a <laughs> he's a great listener. <laughs> <laughs>